It's another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast uh, here at JC Online and courtesy of SoundCloud. Uh, appreciate you stopping by and listening to uh, to what uh, I'm about to say. Not many people do that, so uh, we offer appreciation at the start of this. Uh, we're here to recap uh, Purdue's uh, football victory over Nebraska, 31-27 at Ross-Aid Stadium uh, on a chilly Saturday afternoon. Started as overcast, sun broke out uh, sometime late in the first half and throughout the second half. Uh, it made it a, a pleasant day at Ross State Stadium, and anything is more pleasant than what happened against Illinois when it rained the whole time and really affected the play and uh, didn't make for a pleasant experience for for anyone who had to sit out there. But uh, Purdue got a much-needed win, and Nebraska suffered a crushing loss when it comes to uh, the ball picture for for the Huskers and just briefly about them. Uh, they're four and five now. Uh, they have to win two of their last three games. They have to play Wisconsin and Iowa. Uh, both those games are at home, but they also travel to Maryland. Uh, so they have to win a combination of two uh, to get to six wins, or they're, they they will not be in a position to to earn bowl eligibility with a six and six record. There's always the chance of getting to getting a five and seven record and winning the APR battle uh, from an academic standpoint, but uh, you really want to get a six to to do that. Purdue's in a, in a, in probably in a more difficult position because it has to win its last three games after today. But as Drew Brees uh, told the team before the game, you know the run has to start now. And uh, whether it was his pregame speech or something else, then uh, Purdue was able to to get uh, the much-needed win against Nebraska. And I, you know, I, I know most of you already kind of know the details of the game, what happened, uh, how it happened with Jack Plummer's injury, um, which Jeff Brom said after the game, probably uh, he's going to be out for the year. He had to be carted off uh, lower leg, ankle uh, type of injury. Couldn't put on any put couldn't put any weight on it initially, uh, but he did walk into the medical tent, but then was carted back. Uh, uh, to to the locker room. So again, you 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 know the Aiden O'Connell story, what happened there, and the reason I say that is I I'm going to start with the defense uh, uh, for this podcast, and and, and the reason I'm going to start with them because they've um, you know what they did throughout this game, uh, especially in the first three quarters, uh, really played I thought a pivotal role in in helping Purdue stay close. Uh, Nebraska got up 10 nothing uh, and easily could have been 14 nothing and potentially 21 to nothing. Uh, and at that point, uh, we've seen this happen many times where the game just kind of snowballs out of control uh, for Purdue. You know, they got up seven nothing early, and uh, that came kind of midway through the first quarter. But then uh, Jack Plummer was intercepted on a shovel pass. Uh, I thought we were going to have a fat man touchdown, but Alex Horvath, uh, you know, saved saved the touchdown uh, from happening. And you know, Purdue was able to, or Nebraska started its drive at the two 
yard line. I mean, Plummer was intercepted by Darian Daniels, and it was a simple shovel pass that he just was in the right place at the right time. And if he's not there, I think Horvath probably, A, picks up a first down, but probably gets a lot of yardage uh, off that play. But Daniels stepped right in there, made the play, got Nebraska to the two-yard line, but produced defense, kept him out of the end zone. Incomplete pass. Uh, a sack by Derek Barnes, who, who is playing extremely well right now. And then uh, Martinez run, ran for six yards and held him to the field goal. So it's 10 nothing at that point. Could have been 14 to nothing. Uh, so, you know, that, that was the number one thing uh, the defense did uh, from there. And then the second interception by Jack Plummer, he was, inter- he was uh, picked off by Lamar Jackson uh, on a jump ball to David Bell. Don't really f- I don't really fault Jack Plummer. Uh, for that, and I, I'm not faulting David Bell either, but uh, this is a play that David Mel, Bell has made before. Uh, but he's also in this game was facing a really good cornerback in Jackson. Um, but it, it, it wasn't a poor throw, I didn't think. Uh, but you know, Jackson was able to get some inside position and and won that battle. But again, the defense stepped up. Uh, they forced a three and out, and they kept the score at ten to nothing. So there's two situations there where the defense, you know, maybe two or three games ago or maybe earlier in the season uh, would have given up some points on those quick change situations, especially when you're at the goal line. And they held them out to a field goal there, which ended up being a win for Purdue in that situation. And then they start that other drive uh, after the interception, once again, in Purdue territory. It's not, they're not in field goal range, but they're in Purdue territory, and uh, the defense forces a punt, and then at that point, the offense gets going. And I, I felt the, 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 the key play that probably got Purdue's offense going was Plummer's 18-yard uh, run uh, on the first down of that drive. Uh, Purdue started at its own 11, and then he went 18 yards, King Drew ran for 25, which this is going to be an amazing stat. That is only the second run of 20 yards or more by Purdue this season. And this was game nine. That tells you where their running game has been. But all of a sudden, Purdue goes from the 11-yard line to the 29-yard line. And all of a sudden, they're in Nebraska territory. They start to, to get some yards on the ground. Uh, Plummer hits Milton Wright for 26 yards. Hits Milton Wright again for 17 yards. And all of a sudden, a uh, three-yard pass to um, King DeRue for the touchdown gets Purdue on the board. And I felt they had momentum at that point. Uh, but, I, you know, I, they don't do that without the defense doing what it did. And they, they allowed the offense to work through its issues in the first quarter. They only had 38 yards and one first down. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a long day again on the offensive side, and but the defense, you know, held strong. They had they had, had, had some tackles for loss. They had some big third down plays. Uh, Nebraska started this game one for ten on third down, so Purdue was, Purdue's defense was getting off the field, and I think you got to give them a lot of credit for that. And then even as you get into the third quarter, um, Purdue's offense was stalling again, and you know, once again, Nebraska got down on the red zone and Purdue's up at halftime, 14 to 10. You know, the Huskers get down 
inside the inside the uh, inside the 20 uh, rather quickly, and you know they hold them to a field goal, so it's 14 to 13. So again, the defense kind of holds, and then uh, Purdue is able to kind of come back and get some points, uh, and then they went into the fourth quarter. Uh, with that uh, 17-13 lead, and then all hell broke loose in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, te- both teams started moving the ball. We had four lead changes uh, in the fourth quarter alone. Four of the five lead changes came in the last quarter. But again, I, I think it's important to point out that the defense really uh, <clears throat> kept this team in this game for three quarters until it, until the offense could find its uh, legs and start to make some plays, uh, get things going in the running game. Um, and you know, a lot of that running game came from Jack Plummer design run scrambles, uh, that were really effective. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it showed today and it's unfortunate that his season came to an end today, but I think he showed today exactly what Jeff promised talked about the last couple weeks, as far as running the ball, not, not always a design run, but running the ball, uh, as a check down as an option. You know, option one's not there, option two's not there, but option three is running the ball, or maybe option two is running the ball. And, you know, I thought Jack did a great job of recognizing when he should run uh, and when he shouldn't run. He did hang on to the ball again uh, for long periods, which resulted in some sacks and resulted in some throwaways. It also resulted in an intentional grounding. Uh, But I thought he, um, once again, you know, he, he couldn't get much lower than what he got last week, the, the way that he played, and especially in the rain. But I thought he took a big step forward with his legs today, uh, and I thought you thought his passes were um, were a lot better. Uh, but again, it's unfortunate that uh, you know his his season and his year of getting this experience uh, is going to come to an end. But you know, again, the defense. Uh, I think did their part. Uh, something they, uh, you know, this is the third straight game they've allowed less than 400 yards. Uh, when they went through the first several games of that was the norm of giving up. So anyway, they had they had some tackles for loss today. They had seven, including two by Barnes, uh, two by Kai Higgins, is a guy that we you know doesn't get his name called a whole a whole lot. Jalen Graham had two tackles for loss, you know, from the nickel uh, position. Um, and Cam Allen even came up and, and made a tackle for loss. And uh, but I, I really thought Barnes played really well uh, today at the defensive end spot. He was a guy that was questionable coming into the game uh, with with it, uh, an injury that he had suffered in practice earlier this week. Uh, but he was able to go, and I think he's kind of uh, uh, played a good stretch of football here uh, recently probably over the last month uh, for this team. And then when you, you look at him at one end, Karloftis at the other, uh, you know, Purdue's got a pretty good combination there uh, for the rest of this season, but also uh, going in uh, to next year. So just wanted to kind of give some credit to the defense there because I, I thought they really hung in there and uh, gave, gave the offense a chance to get going. And uh, we saw what happened in the fourth quarter when, you know, things kind of, kind of broke loose. And then, Obviously, the, 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 the major storyline of this game was Plummer's injury um, and then um, Aiden O'Connell 
the guy who started at third string quarterback is now going to be the starter for Purdue uh, going into Saturday's game at Northwestern. But, you know, he comes in when uh, when Plummer uh, injures his leg. Uh, he helps finish off the drive uh, to get uh, Purdue up 24-20. Uh, that was the the King DeRue seven-yard touchdown run. But then Nebraska answers right back with a nine-play drive. They go up 20, uh, 27-24. There's about four minutes to go. And here's O'Connell, a walk-on, uh, a guy that never, th- when he woke up on Saturday morning, didn't think that he would be in this position. And he heard a speech from Drew Brees, and, as all of them did. And the kid really just stepped up and made some plays. I mean, with with his arm. Um, he hit Hopkins three times on the drive. Hopkins made a great catch on a 26-yarder. Uh, but O'Connell showed a lot of poise that maybe that you wouldn't expect um, a kid with that um, lack of experience to, to show in that situation with, with the game on the line. I, I mean, I'll contend there... It really, I, I don't think there was a lot of pressure on him uh, because, uh, you know, I, I think most of us uh, that follow this team, uh, you know, believe that they're not going to get to a bowl game just because of the schedule is going to be going to be difficult, uh, especially when you start looking at Wisconsin uh, and the injuries that they just suffered has just whittled away uh, at the depth of this team, and you you continue to have newcomers playing. Uh, every week for the first time that it's just not a sustainable thing that will happen and produce that some other, some other opportunities to pick up some ground uh, to put themselves in a better position. But my point is, I, I don't think, I don't think there was a lot of pressure on Aiden to really deliver in this situation. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people expected it. I think he expected it from himself, but I don't think um, most fans expected it and if he didn't if he didn't do it if somehow they came up short then well that's okay you just kind of chalk it up to the bad luck that that's happened this year but you know he kind of reversed that thinking and drove the team down he was six for six and if you remember against Illinois when he came in the game late and Purdue scored its only touchdown in the fourth quarter he was also six six for six on that scoring drive so in essence in two fourth quarters that he's played um, the last two weeks, he also played the fourth quarter um, at Penn State uh, for a series or two. Uh, but the last two weeks, he's um, he's 12 of 14 for, I believe, 128 yards. So he's got something going on in the fourth quarter uh, that is helping Purdue uh, get in the end zone. Now he'll have to do that uh, in the first quarter, in the second quarter, in the third quarter. Uh, for for Purdue to be competitive uh, the rest rest of the way, but you know he, you know it's just just the way it's just the way it is you know you just it's just the 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 way this season has gone uh, that Purdue would have to overcome another injury and in in reality they, this is this is this is really the first time that they've had to overcome something in a game like this of this magnitude where you just you know you lost your starting quarterback, and it's not based on performance. It's based on an injury. And O'Connell came in, and with the help of, uh, of Bryson Hopkins and uh, the guys, you know, in the receiving core, uh, able to to get Purdue uh, in the end zone. And 
you know, the play that they ran on the winning touchdown was, uh, according to what we were told, was something that was put in uh, this week. Uh, they got it from an NFL team. Um, and Jeff Prom had actually called the play before he took it. Nebraska had taken a timeout. And then Jeff Brown put in the play, and then Purdue called timeout without running a play, and he kept the same play in. It was uh, beautifully blocked. Uh, the misdirection fooled Nebraska and David Bell. I think, as I wrote, could have crawled into the end zone if he wanted to. There was that mu- that much space. But if you if you go back and uh, look at the replay, you, you look at how the left side of the uh, the offensive line really sealed off uh, any Nebraska defender from from interrupting this play or blowing it up. And uh, it was a perfectly timed play uh, for Purdue. And, you know, David Bell just, uh, he just kind of nonchalantly walked into the end zone, which, you know, he didn't, he didn't even have to put his afterburners on uh, for that. So it was, a, it was a great play call, great execution uh, at the right time. And Purdue was able to take the lead. And then, uh, you know, Nebraska went three and out or four and out uh, to, to end the game. Uh, with you know Derek Barnes getting the tip pass uh, on fourth down to really you know seal seal the deal for for Purdue, you know now that uh, you know it, it's just you know again I think you go back to the defense at the start of this to to what they did uh, to really you know get things going and then the offense uh, took over in the fourth quarter then Aiden O'Connell stepped up and uh, just did. Uh, you know everything that you you would want for him now you know the the big question question now for or O'Connell is can he can he prepare the whole week knowing that he's a starter it's one thing to prepare like you're going to be the starter or in case you need to play now he's starting he's going to start the week knowing that he will be the starting quarterback and he will be the guy running the offense on Saturday at Northwestern, it's it's a different it's it's just moving like like they talk about in basketball, assistant coaches moving over to be the head coach or running their own program. You're just moving over one chair, but it's such an important move that you have to be you have to be really prepared uh, to handle that. And the you know some of some of it's a burden. For, for guys, Other, others it's not, and that burden kind of goes away the more you do it, but this will be his first time where he's had to spend the whole week preparing to be the starting quarterback of, of Purdue, and, you know, sitting at three and six doesn't seem like a big deal, but, you know, I, I think that is a big deal, and how I think how he handles that uh, will be really important to how this offense plays. He's going to need a running game. He got a little bit of that today uh, from King Daru, but he also, you know, a lot of those rushing yards today came from Jack Plummer. And I don't know if Jeff Brom will use Aiden O'Connell the same way that he used Plummer uh, in the running game and encouraging him encouraging him to run. And, you know, he, he, he tried to encourage David Blau to run during his career, and same with Sindelar. So, you know, I, you know, he'll probably stay with that same theme, but uh, you know, each quarterback's different, so be curious how he uh, how he handles them. So uh, it'll be another interesting week for a team that's three and six, which you wouldn't think in November. A team that three and three and six will have an interesting week. 
Uh, you know, find out Monday if maybe Rondell Moore um, makes his return this week. Uh, you know, I, I've stopped guessing about it. Uh, you know, when you look at the big picture, Purdue has a, um, an off week after this that, you know, let's say, for example, Purdue wins. They beat Northwestern. They're four and six. You're still, still need two wins to be bowl eligible. You got two games left. You got an off week after Northwestern. Do you give Rondell another, you know, basically two weeks to get ready? Uh, for for the Wisconsin game, and you bring him back then, with an opportunity to to keep your good play going, assuming you beat uh, Northwestern. Now, if you if you don't beat Northwestern, I don't know if you entertain the idea of bringing him back. But let's say just to have this discussion, uh, Purdue beats Northwestern. You got that extra week off. Do you target him to come back for that Wisconsin game? The my quick answer would be yes, but I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know his health status. Um, you know, that's something they keep pretty pretty tight and uh, pretty confined within the building. Uh, and, you know, Jeff Brom is really the only one that that talks about that, and he's starting to talk about injuries uh, less and less, or at least from uh, he's, being le- he's being vague <laughs> about about the injuries and status and stuff like that. So, you know, that's just something to, to kind of think about. Even if Rondell is, you know, doesn't play against Northwestern, I don't, I don't know if the door is completely closed on him. Uh, I, I think it will close if Purdue would lose to Northwestern because there's really no reason to bring him back uh, to, to play those final two games unless he's just itching to get back and he wants to do it and he's completely – a hundred percent and he can, he can't, he can't do anything to, to, to further injure his hamstring. But, you know, if Purdue wins that game, I think it adds some intrigue to the, the, to the off week and also uh, going, going into the Wisconsin. And then, and what that would do, if that would happen would be, you know, you're given David Bell or not David Bell, Aiden O'Connell, another weapon. And you're teaming him with David Bell on the, um, uh, on the field, and we haven't seen a lot of that this year. It's happened, but we haven't seen a lot of it. And you know, Aiden O'Connell would need that those kind of weapons out there, and that would be that would something I you know it's something that I, I think that would that would really push this offense uh, another step forward, uh, assuming that the offensive line continues to hold up and uh, the execution is good. The other thing to think about. Um, you know, Sindelar uh, uh, got hurt against Minnesota. He had surgery uh, a couple days after the game. Uh, and we, you know, Jeff Brom said the timeline was six to eight weeks. Well, if you map that out, again, you're 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 targeting uh, right around uh, the off week going into the Wisconsin game as that six to eight week time frame. Now, with the injury to Jack, Jack Plummer, do you? Do you consider or even approach Sindelar about playing if, if you know, I, this all hinges on beating Northwestern. If Purdue can beat Northwestern, then these questions, I think, start to pop up even more. Do you consider playing Sindelar against Wisconsin if you're 4-6 and six 
and he's healthy, he's been cleared, and he wants to do it, and then also potentially bringing back Rondell Moore. So, I, you know, I, that's why I say there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of uh, curiosity about this team right now because you have, you know, a couple of key players that could potentially be available to to Brom uh, if they're healthy. And But the question is, what do you do? Um, you know, to me, Sindelar's got to want to do it. And if he's not going to come back for his sixth year, um, if he's just going to move on and kind of finish up his, his playing days uh, at football, then, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I, I think the decision would have to be his uh, to, to get back into the mix. But if he's eager to do it and he wants to do it and he's healthy enough to do it and he understands, you know, maybe the risk that's involved in doing it, you know, you know the kid's been, you know, uh, beat up pretty well from an injury standpoint during his career. And I, I don't think anybody would blame him if he said, you know what, that's enough. You know, he had a concussion this year that that, that uh, kept him out of a game. Um, you know, he's had the broken clavicle. Um, he's had the knee injury. Um, you know, he's just kind of, you know, part of me feels like he's ready to move on to the next phase of his life. But again, I, I think that's a conversation you have. And that way, Jeff Brown kind of has, you know, knows kind of what he's thinking. Uh, but again, you got you got to beat Northwestern to de- to me to even entertain these ideas and entertain these conversations. I, I they, these things need to be thought about now, right now. But I don't I don't know if you act on them until you until you you know find out kind of your situation. But uh, to me, that's 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 a couple things to think about. You know, it's amazing how one win kind of changes the thought process. And then if you go back a little bit, if they, that's why the Illinois game was so, so key uh, for Purdue. You know, if you, it somehow, if you would have won that game and backed it up with a win against Nebraska, you're in a much better position, but you can also go back to the Nevada game to, to where that thing is still biting them in the butt and will bite them in the butt probably the rest of the year because uh, that's a game, as 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 I've said and I've written, they, they just should not have lost, and it put them behind uh, the eight ball from the very beginning, and then all the injuries have happened. Uh, so, yeah, not trying to play the what-if game here. I'm just kind of laying out the, uh, the, the scenarios there. So, again, there's, uh, you know, just some interesting things to follow now, and see what happens uh, this next week. And, you know, when you look at Northwestern, you know, they haven't, um, I believe the last touchdown they scored was October 5th. So they've been, they've been uh, with a month, more than a month by the time they play Purdue. I think they will be more than a month without a touchdown. They scored three points against Indiana tonight. They were shut out by Iowa. They scored three points against Ohio State. And let me pull it up here real quick. Make sure that my uh, information is correct. Don't want to tell anything, any, uh, anybody anything wrong here. Uh, but I, I think it's been more than a. It'll be more than a month since that they've scored a touchdown. 
uh, yeah, uh, October 5th against Nebraska, they had 10 points. And they had one TD. So they had a field goal against Ohio State on the 18th uh, of October, and that included an off week. And then the next week they were shut out by Iowa. And then tonight they scored three points against Indiana. They have eight total touchdowns this season and seven field goals. Um, they haven't scored more than 15 points in seven of their eight games. They scored seven against Stanford, 10 against Michigan State, 15 against Wisconsin, 10 against Nebraska, three against Ohio State, zero against Iowa, and then um, three against Indiana. Uh, So a lot of things on paper would would point toward Purdue having a good day on Saturday. You know, assuming no turnovers and cleaning up the penalties, uh, Another thing from Saturday's game is Purdue had a season-high 10 penalties. Um, and that's, this is a team that averages 4.6. So they, they doubled their output in penalties, and some of them were killer penalties. Uh, I believe there were three on one drive uh, that allowed Nebraska to, to keep drives alive and also uh, get in the end zone uh, uh, in that game. So, But assuming that Purdue didn't have a bunch of mistakes, then a lot of things point uh, in their favor, but the other—I mean, Northwestern's also won five in a row against Purdue, which is a a series high for them. Uh, but you know, I think Purdue's probably—I'm um, not going to say they're in a great position to go up there in, in that losing streak because they're not. I mean, they just—they don't have all their components, and now you've taken away an experienced quarterback, uh, a guy that was gaining experience, and a guy that was starting to. Um, get it a little bit, uh, and a guy that you were looking at uh, for for 2020 as uh, your your starter, and the guy that's going to lead your offense uh, next year. Now some of those some of those situations start to get questioned because the the severity of uh, Plummer's injury uh, does it need surgery? You know what's the recovery process on that? Um, does it keep him out of spring ball? And now the, I mean, this is probably another, this could be a longer podcast, but what happens to the quarterback position uh, from a depth standpoint? Is Paul Preferi your number two now behind O'Connell and Danny Carello is your number three? I, you know, I, there's no other, there's no more quarterbacks on the roster other than Jared Sparks, and he hasn't played receiver. Uh, he played um, played at Iowa, but then got re-injured, didn't play uh, today, but the overall quarterback position now becomes um, kind of a, you know, what do you do now type of situation, uh, especially if Sindelar doesn't come back, which, I, you know, I don't think will happen. But, I mean, that's, that, yeah, we could spend we could spend a podcast on that and probably will at some point uh, as, you get, as we get in the offseason and, and start getting ready uh, for spring ball. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up uh, now. Uh, Thanks for for staying uh, staying with the podcast for how long was this? 30, 30 minutes or so. Didn't know if I could talk that long. Usually don't because you know in reality I'm just kind of boring. Uh, but anyway, uh, Purdue got a big win today. Uh, you know with the with the victory over Nebraska uh, with Drew Brees in attendance. Uh, so just kind of a big lift for the program and kind of a basketball note. Uh, Purdue has its season opener on Wednesday against Green Bay. 
Uh, we'll be back uh, after that game to kind of wrap things up from a podcast uh, perspective. And then also try to get uh, someone on the line to talk about Northwestern uh, and kind of their struggles this year and kind of preview Saturday's uh, football game. Uh, subscribe to the podcast through all the necessary means. You know how to do that because you're listening to it right now. But tell your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, your pets, and even your enemies, you know, if they w- would like to listen to this, uh, that would be appreciated. Uh, until next time, uh, questions, comments uh, can be emailed to mcarmon at uh, gannett.com, or you can uh, uh, fire it up on the Twitter machine, and we'll get to your questions uh, as soon as possible. Once again, thanks for listening, and enjoy your day.